Hello, Paul here. Just a little disclaimer before we get into the episode. Connor and I shared a microphone for this one, and I was sick of constantly passing it back and forth. So halfway through, I got a pot from the kitchen, turned it upside down as a platform for the mic. And what that did, stupidly of me, was create a reverb. It's perfectly listenable. Um, I feel bad because this is Ashwin's episode. So sorry, Ashwin, but it's fine. But I just wanted to put a disclaimer out there. Okay, enjoy the episode. This is Connor. And this is Paul. And this is Ashwin. And welcome to Silver Screamers, your genre-sneaking, decade-decrypting film podcast. The world isn't run by weapons anymore. Our energy, our money, is run by little ones and zeros, little bits of data. It's all just podcasts. So, very special episode. We have our good friend Ashwin here on Silver Screamers. Hey, Ash. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Welcome along. Ashwin is probably one of our <laughs> most prof- prolific listeners. Every time. Yes. Straight away. You see, we were just looking at our listen- listenership. Pretty sure 90% of those listens are just you listening to us over and over again, Ashwin. If that's how you want to take it, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there is a bit of a mystery because... Usually we put them up at night time and then I don't put them on social media to the next day. But there's usually a couple of listens by then. So you get a notification. No, sometimes I just check our website, see if there's a new episode out. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. oh thanks. <laughs> uh, well, I'm always putting them in our WhatsApp group as well. Like I'm like, ooh, listen now. Even before then. That night, though. You usually do the No, maybe the next day, but like that's probably Ash would find out, yeah? Um, not necessarily, no. All right, okay. Sometimes you're a bit slow. <laughs> I don't know how to take that, Ashton. <laughs> I don't hold it against you, don't I? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, the last couple of times we put it up and quite late at night, and then we wake up the next day, and Paul's like, We have 20 listens. Like, who's been listening to us Like at midnight? Maybe we have like some listeners in America or maybe Pakistan Honestly, or something. I, never, I don't listen to it at night time, I listen to it during the day, like in the mornings, if I can. So that's not you then? It's not me. Mm, who are you? Who are you, listeners? Get in touch. <laughs> yeah, email us. <laughs> or Instagram us or Twitter us or yeah. whatever. Do it publicly. Do it so more people can see you messaging. <laughs> yeah. Don't stalk them. Leave a like comment. Them. So, Ashwin, tell us a bit about yourself. Where'd you... Well, actually, yeah. So, uh, what we, we kind of create a little format okay. uh, when we have guests where we want them to tell us, because obviously we're a film podcast, so to tell us three films that are, are or more that are really important to them. Uh, and then one film that they like that everyone else seems to hate and one film that they dislike that everyone else seems to love so okay go for it three films um, one, of, one of them is a movie that Connor has mentioned on the podcast before that he hates ah. is Interstellar it's I watch that regularly I say regularly like at least once a year like I really like okay, that okay it's like a Christmas movie for you okay yeah I'm just filling the mood for it how, how old is that film is it five, five years Mm, maybe a bit longer okay. seven, ten I love Interstellar I don't understand why Connor doesn't like it I don't know I just because I, I like sci-fi I like space movies and mm. I don't know why it just didn't click with me Is it? it's Christopher Nolan isn't it? Christopher mm. Nolan yeah I, I, I think I like all Christopher Nolan movies so far there was one Christopher Nolan movie that I wasn't a fan of apart from Interstellar you didn't, you didn't like Dunkirk 
Oh yeah, Jen Clark is a bitch. Okay. Yeah, it had some weird audio thing, but that was done on purpose to make you pay attention. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. so Interstellar, that's your movie that you... It's one of them, so maybe third. Third, okay. Second. Um, second is a Jackie Chan movie. I'm a martial artist, I'm a huge Jackie Chan fan, and the movie is Legends of the Drunken Master. Okay, I think I've seen that a long time ago. Have you ever seen that? No, never even heard of it. You, you, I asked you a bit earlier on tonight about martial arts, and you said then, but before then, no. Yeah, it's pretty much showcase of his amazing skills as a martial artist and an actor and some performer. It's great. I love it. I think the only Jackie Chan film I've seen is Shanghai Nights 2. That's <laughs> Rush that's Hour. I don't think I've seen Rush Hour. You've never seen Rush Hour? Well, if you're going to do a martial arts genre... You're going to have to watch at least one more Jackie Chan movie. Well, uh, that would be a good genre for us to do martial arts. might be something we'll put in the, in the bag, because there will be a lot of good research there, and it will be a genre I don't know a whole lot about. And I can guest star again. Yes. <laughs> Repeat. What, what kind of martial arts does Jackie Chan do? He does many different martial arts, um, mainly Kung Fu. That's where he's brought in China, at Peking Opera School. And in that, he's a performance artist. He sings, he dances, he does martial arts, he acting stunt performing but he started taught kung fu but also other martial arts as well he's done karate taekwondo boxing as other disciplines as well. and taekwondo i remember i went to a taekwondo class with you one session oh yeah a long yes, time ago long time ago and uh, i always remember it was a it was a proud moment of mine because after the class i think we were just in the gym or whatever i wasn't doing the class i was actually just spectating and uh, there was a punching bag and i like jumped up and i kicked the bag and i was like really high and you're like oh that was really impressive i was like oh thanks <laughs> i don't need classes i'm a i'm a, I'm a natural <laughs> did you do that class because you fancied the redhead guy from tekken who are i i didn't do the class i just went with Ashwin <laughs> once to spectate the class i remember my mom brought me to uh, uh my mom was trying to get me into sports or something <laughs> trying to find me a hobby when I was a kid uh, and this was before secondary school and there was karate classes and I remember just opening the door and they were all like ha! and doing all this you know what do you what do you call them like a punching punching pun- <laughs> or whatever don't they have like a thing don't they have like a like a it's like a a catra or not a catra like in martial arts called a ki a key eye. Yeah. All right. Like a, like a series of motions. All right. Oh, yeah. no. That's a kata. Or, or a kata, yeah. Yeah. So they were doing their, okay, a key eye and a kata and all that lingo. And I just looked, looked in and I was like, no, not for me. And then like 20 years later, mom was like, I should have brought you to dance class instead. Probably. Uh, or wrestling. So, so that film, Tipsy Master fighter legend of the drunken master that's it uh why that film well out, out of jackie chan out of all because you're into martial arts why is that the martial like, arts film that yeah he has a lot of martial arts films it's it's a decent enough storyline he's playing kind of famous chinese folklore hero he's wong fei hung it's, yeah wong fei hung he's a famous kind of character many um, movies are made about this guy i think more movies than anything else is made by made about wong oh, fei hung wow, okay um, yeah, so it's a chinese film this film. Yeah, yeah, that's all Hong Kong cinema. But, okay. but yeah, so this one, just in particular, is kind of like this is Jackie Chan at his peak, like skill level. Just I think he may have directed parts of it as well. Oh, wow. What year is it from? Ninety four. <coughs> oh, ninety four. So I would have thought that was later on in his career because he would be going back yeah, to so the seventies and stuff, wouldn't he? And 70s. no, he's no? more eighties, early eighties oh, okay. onwards. Um, he 
he was actually in some Bruce Lee movies in the 70s really he's a stuntman and you can see him in two scenes in two different movies it's oh wow he would have been very young then yeah yeah he was, that was like that was his like this is his debut as a stuntman kind of thing but did, did I imagine Jackie Chan is standing on Bruce Lee's shoulders I, don't, yeah, I, mean, they, I mean that metaphorically <laughs> yeah a lot of a lot of people try to like okay well where can we go from here with that so Jackie Chan is very kind of unique style because he's a kind of comedy actor he he takes a lot of uh, inspiration from like Buster Keaton and stuff like that Charlie mm. Chaplin that, oh, that, that type of style oh, of, that kind of slapsticky oh, kind of yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah that kind of humour and was it, a, was it not Police police Academy not Police Academy Police Story Police Story yeah that was very slapsticky as well yeah yeah just um, moments like that so Jackie Chan like Bruce Lee made it to Hollywood and was a big kind of star and Jackie Chan and there's probably been a few others but not that many kind of Jet Li uh, not not very many Chinese like stars in China who then make it into Hollywood. It's not many. I can name a handful basically. Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. Uh, she's she's not Chinese. Is she not from Philippines? No, Philippines. I thought there was a big controversy when she was in Memoirs of a Geisha because she was Chinese. I could be incorrect. Um, I think she actually but is. like uh, but to be honest there's, there's hardly any Asian hardly like uh, I don't Donnie Yen a few other people they're not widely known but there's a handful even Asian Americans though have this, yeah there's not, they don't seem to like Asian Americans no, Lucy Liu is the only real Asian American celebrity that I can think of off, off the cusp maybe the, the actress uh, who did the farewell this year she was in Ocean's 8 and uh, Aquafina Aquafina yeah. yeah but like yeah there's not a whole lot is Aquafina one name or is that like Aquafina it's one name it's one name like Madonna it's a great name isn't it it's yeah. also not a Q it's like a WK okay <laughs> but what we're seeing now in the last couple of years is that there's uh, much more Hollywood and probably Hong Kong joint funded Films. Yeah, and um, you probably actually thank uh, Quentin Tarantino for that. He's a big advocate for that type of cinema, and he's been promoting a lot of like say Chinese and Japanese films over in like the US. I think is that China is such a big market for, for movies and films that like there was there's been a bit of move to kind of make films kind of more friendly for Chinese audiences. So, so like Iron Man three had scenes specifically shot just for its Chinese release is that oh, correct? I don't know yeah no, it is correct I don't know why I okay. said that I know that I'll be confident in my, <laughs> my conviction and then I know this the remake of Mulan the live action Mulan was very much that film if it isn't a big hit China is basically going to flop elsewhere they've like but they've kind of put all their eggs in that basket and they're getting very sweaty because it had its premiere and then lockdown yeah. happened so it hasn't been shown anywhere so, do you want to know my uh, the first movie oh yeah do that yeah. Yeah. so we have Interstellar and we have Legend of the Dragon, Legend of the Dragon Master okay. okay and Leon it's probably Leon alright okay also 94 Leon never heard of it okay never heard of it you've never you've never heard of Leon it was uh, French it's yeah uh, he was an assassin, and there is a celebrity, a young girl celebrity in it who I can't remember now. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman, yeah. And Jean Reno. Yes. Directed by Luc Besson, <laughs> one of my favorite directors. Now that I see the poster, I do recognize it. But I remember, I remember renting it out, and I can't remember who I was watching it with. 
but it kind of went over my head to be honest at the time because I was too young and it was a bit complicated and I was just like what's going on it's very cast Gary Oldman's in it as well oh yeah okay and yeah it's, it's like Natalie Portman she's first getting into acting and yeah, so good. that's your number one movie of all time yeah I just consider that I know when we when we when we uh, said we'd have you on and we asked you to, to, to think about that I'd say that took you ages to, to no, no. twit no no, no, no. It's okay. I've had Leon up there Leon um, Legend of Drunken Master third one isn't like a set in stone third one I still love Interstellar but I've, I like a lot I like a lot of movies what would your what would your toss up be between for third place be with Interstellar as in I've had to pick another movie yeah if you said like if you're like ooh it's probably Interstellar but that other one is good too what would that be I don't know. See, the problem is you'd have to give me a genre and then I'd pick a movie from a, a genre. There's, there's far too many movies I like. <laughs> All right. Okay. So give us your movie that you love that everybody else hates. Okay. So I find this hard because, again, I don't, I don't know what people don't like. <laughs> okay. But as, there must be a movie that you go, oh, I really like that. And everyone's like, oh, shite. I like fun movies, and I feel some people don't. I hate fun movies. <laughs> <laughs> I like just enjoying movies, and I'm, I feel like sometimes people don't like having fun <laughs> okay. when they watch movies. And I don't know, like some like spoof movies are good, but you know. Uh, a spoof movies are funny because like you get something like Airplane which is fantastic yeah but, like, they're like classic spoof movies but there's some like, gun, but, like crap the scary movie movies. ones are almost and remember, remember there was kind of a, a trend of like epic movie yeah that was terrible um, I don't know date movie they were, they were kind of among the worst films I've ever seen absolutely yeah there was a spate of them there. sort of mid 90s to mid 2000s kind of thing yeah and then they kind of said this isn't working anymore so okay so you had to pick one for today what was it Okay, I couldn't think of one, but I was. Have you seen the movie Seven Pounds? Oh yeah, with Will Smith. Did you like that movie? Uh, I thought it was a good concept. I don't know if I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I thought it was a good concept. It's not, it's not, the, it's not a happy movie. Do you know that movie, Paul? No, I know the yeah. name, but I've not seen. I know the film, but I haven't seen it. So the premise is that this guy. Uh, I not to tell him because oh yeah okay so there's okay. I won't I won't spoil it that we're going to spoil our sneakers <laughs> so we won't spoil two movies in one go so seven pounds I feel like I really enjoy that movie it's not a happy movie no but it's quite depressing actually <laughs> so, so not a fun movie <laughs> this isn't a fun movie I love fun movies but like seven pounds like, which is so depressing fun movies that people don't like but then I don't know I was, I was trying to think of guilty pleasure movies as well but again I just came up with a blank that's okay don't do that and is there, is there a, uh, the opposite side of the coin is there a film that you don't like that everyone else seems to love absolutely <laughs> that's usually easier to think of actually yeah. yeah some people seem to love There Will Be Blood I just thought it was boring that's the um Daniel Day Lewis yeah. again I haven't seen it yeah don't worry about I think is that the one where the guy from Little Miss Sunshine who doesn't talk he's in it and he's like a preacher or something is Harry that that and, uh, and he... your man from yeah that's who I'm thinking of yeah and he's like a preacher and he's he's in 
anyway, uh, I think I have seen some of it. But I, just, I was a bored to it, maybe, and just couldn't. It's like, and it's Oscar winning, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I think Lewis won his second Oscar. I think it might have won a few, actually. It's about oil. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting confused between two movies, actually, that came out at the same time. There's that movie and No Country for All Men. I thought they were both crap. Oh, I love Oh, I disagree there. I, I just think No Country is bored. great. I would agree with that one, I think. I didn't really enjoy it. I thought, I thought the yeah, guy... That, is, that one was Javier I thought No Country for All Men was a bit boring as well. I thought the character of Javier Bardem was quite intimidating and quite freaky. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how you could call that boring. It's cat and, just, cat and mouse with, like, killers. It's, like, very tense. Yeah, I, a few movies like that. I, actually, it was a lot easier to think of movies like this yeah. than the other way around, but... I actually did I think that's a few years ago uh, I started I kind of both did working our way through the top uh, Empire's top 250 films watching every film on it that we hadn't seen and we didn't get very far but that was one of them that means so I think that was pretty high that was like in the 60s I know it's a well-respected movie, but that's the point of the category, yeah. isn't it? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. <laughs> Touché. Um, great, okay, that's great, Ashwin. Thank you for that. Before we dive into Sneakers, a film about trainers and runners. Yeah. Connor, what are we listening to? So you're listening to Silver Screamers, and Silver Screamers is our film podcast where we pick a theme or genre and dissect four films in that theme from different decades. And this week we are covering sneakers <laughs> in our heist series. And we have a very special guest, Ashwin, on talking to us, who is one of our millions of listeners. <laughs> I think you were going to say one of our millions of friends. <laughs> <laughs> that too, that too. <laughs> so Ashwin, we, uh, I had never even heard of this film. Okay. Neither did I. So, awesome. tell us, why are we picking? Why are we doing this? <laughs> so, when I was growing up, I don't know, I think I must have seen it on TV at some point. Yeah, it was just at that time where it was a couple of years before Hackers, maybe the year before Hackers. And I think Hackers was 94 or something. Yeah, 1994. Yeah, so it was around that time, so it must have been on TV. Hmm. And it had kind of like kind of a spy kind of thing, they were breaking into place. It was just kind of like cool and quirky and big computers I'm into computers so I grew up with them and yeah I don't know it was always a movie I knew about so you've got like a long history with this movie then yeah I I think I pretty much knew it from the mid 90s it came out in 92 so I'm surprised I've never even heard of it because the cast is like it's an all star cast cast. yeah Mm, yeah. Yeah, it is it does strike me as one of those films that I can imagine when it was released it was big but then it just kind of fell into the zeitgeist and the, the nature of it being so computery and that is something that dates yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's quite dated like, probably yeah. missed the like mark with some people they just couldn't relate to it like <laughs> yeah, computers weren't widely available to people at that time so they were like what's the computer I'm surprised like we'll get into it obviously but I'm surprised in the movie there's reference to like online dating 
Yeah. In 92? Are you joking? Apparently that was a, in the movie they call it computer dating. Yeah, computer, yeah, dating. Yeah, yeah. computer dating. The computer, the, the, it's, it, they imply that it's more like matchmaking, like the computer, the computer literally decides it's like a matchmaking yeah. service. I guess as soon as that was, a, like computers were around, people were like, well, how do we use this? <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought, oh my God, there's a naked picture up here. <laughs> there was no pictures on those computers. <laughs> like a stick man, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. a green block. <laughs> Just like eight zero zero eight one backwards three. Oh, stop, Todd! You're turning me on. <laughs> I would have thought this was the time period of like when you'd like make a VHS video of you sitting on your sofa. Yeah, yeah. Like, so maybe it was. My name is Paul. <laughs> maybe and I like ladies who have good curly jobs, hair, curly hair, and don't smoke. <laughs> if you're interested, send a letter. Maybe it was like the next step. Beyond that, I was like, well, we've done this with VHS tapes. What what computers do for us? <laughs> when was the net released? Sandra Bullock's The Net. That was after this, right? Yeah, way after. What's I it? always get like. 6, 98, Yeah, that? The Net and Hackers always uh, muddle up in my head for some reason. They're nothing, they like. <laughs> they're nothing alike, but they were very close together, and because they were kind of similar themes, I, I always get the middle up, muddled up. The, the internet did exist in 1992 when this film was released but it wasn't widely the internet of course did exist it was invented like in the 70s or so <laughs> it was 1989 well the internet history the internet was originally uh, built uh, by I think the army or something or, or yeah. military forces to, to communicate and but it, it started to become public and popular in the, the early 90s I suppose yeah there was no mention of even that word. In but, the like, I mean, the, the the fact that this is 1992, I am surprised that there is a mention of... But they don't even mention internet. They no. just mention computer, no, computer dating. Or I think it's just network. Is like it's, it, it's different. Like, even the hacking they use is it's pre-hackers, even two years before that. And they're using terminology that's more related to, like other types of hacking like it's called freaking and other things like that I'm like using just using like internet addresses like to to find places like just the, those numbers yeah is it all technical mumbo jumbo though I mean I don't have a clue Could, there's, there's, not, there's very little I don't think there's not there's not a lot of technical talk in it though but even like what we're seeing on the screens and stuff and well I mean they're talking about encrypted uh, communication networks I don't think that's mumbo jumbo and decrypting it and stuff I mean that's the, that's the extent of the technical speak from what I can tell it's pretty on par with what's that what, okay, what okay. they did like, as opposed to again like hackers where it's like most of that movie is just bullshit and, and this is kind of getting into the plot we might we might maybe do the plot in a second here but you know the, the, it starts with a prologue yeah that's 1969 yeah but they are still using computers in that scene aren't they yeah, again that's when the internet was the first round so there would have been computers in 1969 that two students could yeah. play Robin Hood with they're basically kind of like there must have been like students of a particular kind of college or whatever that uh, had access to that type of stuff wow okay yeah. awesome okay well before we kind of delve into the plot we're going to do our 240 yeah and I think Ashwin is oh, going yes. to do the honours are you going to um, give it a shot Ash if you fuck it up you can start again or whatever. I don't do I, I need to mention up, like I'm not mentioning actors names because mention just whatever you want to just yeah there's 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 four characters I would say and, and that kind of stuff I wouldn't say just do whatever you want one is Robert Redford if it's yeah. crap don't, don't worry about it if it's crap it'll be funny yeah 
I followed in fact, I followed awesome. for about seven minutes. I though. think <laughs> the crapper. No, I, I cut him. Honestly, the battery, yeah. if it's perfect, we're like, oh great. Yeah, yeah, I might elaborate. Three hours later, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> that's the movie. The play-by-play of how it went down. I'm a shorter. Okay, okay. Are you ready for your 240, Ashton? Let's do it. Ready, Teddy, go! Go. Okay, we open with two friends, Marty and Cosmo, in the 1960s. Uh, they're hacking. Uh, Cosmo's worried about getting caught, and after a few kind of quips between each other, like, they have a good relationship. Um, Marty, goes out for, goes out, Marty goes out for food, and it turns out that Cosmo does get caught. Well, Marty looks on and just... Watches him. Yeah. Fucks yeah. <laughs> off. We cut to the present and we see an older Marty and his team surveilling and breaking into a building. Uh, they showcase the bunch of their skills. They like hack into like the computers. Okay, so it turns out their job is to test security weaknesses of businesses. And they get paid for this, which is great. And they got a bunch of sass from some lady at the, like the desk. <laughs> <laughs> later, um, later on, sassing them. They're back in their office. There, uh, two NSA agents come in with suits to reveal that they they know about Marty's past and his what his real identity is. Apparently, he's a wanted man, and they will clear his record if the team get a black box for them. They want them to do some work for them, and the guys they'll get paid as well. They agree with the help of his former girlfriend, Liz. Uh, Marty goes to surveil the target. They he meets a old Russian friend. He'll come up later, and. He, they start watching the office and they locate the black box and they start kind of scoping out and how do they start breaking in there. Um, again, they'll show off some of their skills, other antics can sue. We'll talk about this later. They break in and get the box and they celebrate. Into <laughs> a dance montage with Liz, all the characters, all the main characters. Uh, they get. Okay, sorry. Okay, I'm just gonna say you've got about 45 seconds. <laughs> right. They get curious about the box, uh, it can hack into anything in the world, right? They get paranoid about the whole thing and their suspicions are warranted. As it turns out, the guys in the suits were not NSA, but they, those guys get the box anyway. Oh my god, what? <laughs> After a Russian diplomat dies and Marty gets kidnapped, we learn that Cosmo is still alive. <gasps> And he used Marty to get yes. get the box. <laughs> he's Marty to get the box so he could realize his goals of changing the world. But Cosmo also sets up Marty for abandoning him many years ago. The team want the box back so to clear Marty's name, and they decide to find Cosmo. And again, more skills they put on show. They had to surveil. Keep going, don't worry about it. Don't worry. They find, find his office and begin surveillance on that place there, which is the front. Uh, they target the guys. Scene 76. Go on. <laughs> There's a lot in this movie. They target the guys, obviously, who's next door to Cosmos, and Liz goes on a date with him. Well, at the same time, Mark, uh, Marty starts breaking into the building, and more antics ensue between both of those two different um, scenes. Uh, the target who we'll get into later, suspects Liz, and they end up, go, they go back to the office, Cosmo realises Marty's behind all of this, because there's no way that Liz would match up with this new guy. <laughs> <laughs> and Marty reveals himself, and they eventually escape to the roof, and after all, he's being shot. Um, more antics ensue with the blind guy driving a van. <laughs> Marty, <laughs> Marty and Cosmo have a scene together, there's a classic switcheroo, they get away with the box in the end. Then the real NSA show up with James Earl Jones. Bring it on, Ash. Bring it on. And they agree 
the NSA agreed to give them a bunch of like rewards to have the box, uh, but in the end, they actually didn't. They didn't give them a working box. So uh, happy ending. <laughs> that was much longer than I wanted it to be. Uh, that was great. Yeah. That was great. Really good. Yeah, well done. Well, no, it's fine. It's perfectly good. We'll just play the music twice. It's grand. <laughs> I, I love that. There's like a plot point in this. That's like, wait a minute. She's significantly hotter than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is like a pivotal. <laughs> there is no way the computer matched him <laughs> with her. And I love the casting call. Is like they obviously they, they hired Mary Mary McDonald. Mary, Mary McDonald. McDonald. Yeah. Uh, I had a principal. Donald. I had a principal when I was in primary school called Mary McDonald. Uh, they hired Mary McDonald. They cast her, and then they were like, the casting call was like, must be obviously less hot <laughs> than this woman. And they were like, you, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Well done, Ash. I don't know. Well done. No, <laughs> no, it was a, it was a, it was a thorough synopsis of of the movie to be fair I could I did like I did like the bit that was like and blind antics sincere <laughs> honestly we'll get I think we're, unnecessary we're, blind antics if you ask me I feel when we're talking about him later yeah we, we, you, you, it's rare that me and Connor discuss kind of eye, you know those parts in films where your eyebrow raises and you're like mm-hmm. it's rare that me and Connor discuss then when watching a silver screamers <laughs> film because we want to save them but this movie, this movie cruise, <laughs> them. we were like mm. I feel like it it wasn't above itself in that thinking you know we can have humor t- you're right the tone of this film allowed those sort yeah. of things to to happen yeah, yeah. I see. the second this because I, I I didn't know this movie and I had never heard you talk about it before the second I saw uh, you, you know when they're spelling out on the table uh, with the, Scrabble things the anagram the anagrams yeah, and it, what did it say it said like too, sh- too many secrets no that was the actual oh, that was the actual no, was Socrates something, something Socrates it was like cooties semen rats semen rats yeah rat, rat semen <laughs> and I was like that's why Ashwin loves this movie I bet he got a good giggle out of that <laughs> <laughs> oh I thought you meant just because Ashwin's into codes I didn't think it was into actual <laughs> no I just thought it was like I could see I could see them spending a cooties rat semen and Ashwin going hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, yeah it's the only film I've ever seen that had two intense scenes one involving Scrabble tiles and the other is like you must move really, really yes. slowly. <laughs> you, have to, you have to move two like, inches a second. That's like a, that the director getting that script. Well, actually, the director did write the script. He did. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he did. wrote the movie. But like turning that script into an action scene is like, mm, how do I make <laughs> people arranging Scrabble tiles into, uh, or people walking really slowly? <laughs> I think the way they did the Scrabble tile things because they tied it in with the other thing that was going on in the scene with the guys yeah. using the. Yeah, no, yeah. Actually, I actually think that scene, both scenes worked quite well. So I'm not, I'm not dissing them. I didn't really get because it was like he read something on the microchip which is like secra or something and then some guy and then Robert Redford was like secra astronomy I didn't really know how he connected I hadn't got a freaking clue what was happening in that scene to be honest I had to ask Connor I think we had to pause and I was like why are they why are they playing Scrabble more seriously now there was a couple of times C-Tech Astronomy was the company that they were investigating and it was an anagram they were like realised that that, that's a fake company hang on let's rewind back a bit Okay, okay they get the box from hang on hang on let me think yeah, which time <laughs> yeah, so hang on that at that point where <laughs> where does Robert get the box in the first place they so the NSA guys yeah, yeah they they wanted him to get the box yeah. for them because they couldn't get it for themselves right yeah, this is a good film for Hashem because I don't get a lot of this <laughs> so, so he can tell me they wanted them to get the box 
Yeah, they know that that's the type of thing that they do. They're, yeah, I'm with you. And they got the box. Yeah, where? No, where though? The Janik. Do you remember the, when there's this? The scientist. Oh, yes. They, so he, the guy who created the box, basically. Yeah. They got he stole it, it from him. So yeah. they, they got Mary McDonald because she's a, a whiz at ma- Robert Redford got her because she was a whiz at uh, mathematics and brought her to a lecture with this guy. Oh, right, okay. And then she explained it to him what he was actually doing. Okay. Okay. And then he he went and stole the box. Yeah, from so that guy. Okay. It's about the they wanted that guy's box. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this That's what so, she said. So I'll have I'll I'll talk about female representation later on. Mm-hmm. But I would say the only other female character apart from Liz that has any sort of lines is the mathematician's girlfriend who who yeah. comes into the room oh, yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. like, What do you do? She's a funny European. It, it, she's a doctor, established as a doctor, but he's like, Oh, don't tell her. Robert Redford's like, Don't tell your boyfriend that his wife has hired a private eye <laughs> because that's what the wife would want. And if you love him, if you, you love him, you won't. And she's okay. okay, even though he's clearly pausing and making these weird faces. And um, I do think it's funny when the guys say, "Give him head all the time." Again, that's where I had antics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is. It is a very funny scene. I just think she's a doctor. <laughs> there's a couple of there's. Is there like three or four scenes in this which have that kind of comedy, which is like the okay, so you've got the cootie rats. Thing you've got the cookie resting is very just kind of little throwaway. It's not a whole scene like yeah. And you've got the uh, the guys in the air saying oh she gives him head all the time. And there's a couple of other instances of these little well Sidney Pache wants to have a look at them right. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> River Phoenix who's young and nineteen is like let me see these guys riding and uh, Sidney Pache goes no 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 fuck off be professional. He's like let me see. <laughs> <laughs> the blind guy driving famously the yeah then there is the, the whole date date with your man is like a, is paid for laughs oh yeah, yeah. let's let's start with um, David Straharan Straharan the blind, blind guy yeah Whistler. because he's kind of a smaller character but I think yeah. I've lots to, I've quite a few things there's, a, there's a lot to say about him actually so, I feel that he was the MVP of the whole movie okay elaborate <laughs> basically they couldn't have done anything in the whole thing without him well if he wasn't in the movie then they would never have found the guys they've never found the black box because yeah. they're all paying attention to the visuals trying to get the password on the computer where he was like he's talking about some call service thing where you mentioned that there was like a an answering machine why would there be an answering machine and like it wasn't plugged into anything they figured out that was that was the black box he figured it and then later on, he figured out how to get to the uh, Cosmo's play, his office in that big building, Playtronics. Which, by the way, is ridiculous. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was sick. He was in the back of a car. Okay. So Robert Redford is tied up in the back of a car and then is brought to this office where he meets his friend Cosmo or his former friend Cosmo who who, who mustache twisting these explains the whole plan in what is that what is, where are they what is that room they're in it looks like a, a, a futuristic they're sauna in the, no they're in the well they're in the uh, Playtronics uh, company no I know I know that but he brings them into this room with like glass doors and sits on this weird roundy bench thing. oh because I think they have a lot of cameras around the place and that's one where they didn't have cameras no it's because 
Cosmo is being paid by the mafia to work his books, work their books. Okay. And he's like, they're listening because he still kind of works for them. So but he really, like, he has uh, other plans. That's why he wanted the box. So he had this. Oh, yes. No, he had this like safer. Yeah, he had like, a kind of safer. I didn't. To kind of like, so they're not listening, so they don't know what's going on. Okay. Uh, I do feel this is a film that probably. Uh, you has can more watch new, yeah, I'd say this has more nuance than we picked up yeah, on Yeah, and I reckon you can probably watch it twice. The professional <laughs> podcasting from Silver Screen. Was here. <laughs> Andrew, what's that mean? What do, you remember, do you remember when we used to watch them twice and we got bored of that and then we just said that for <laughs> So I really like this movie. But <laughs> yeah, um, okay, yeah. So I know so, a bit about so, it. So, so they, they, they bring Robert Redford in the back, in the boot, and then he, his friends find him again. And then they're like, did you go near a sea? Did you go? Did you go over a bridge? And he's like, "Yes." yes. How did how you, the fuck how did you know, know you went, went over a bridge? bridge? You can tell that if you're on like in a vehicle, you can tell if you're driving past whatever kind of thing. Like a bridge, it's quite windy and. He's in a boot. He's in the boot of a car. It's the same thing. How would you know it's windy? Why is the way out of that? How would you know it's windy? That makes absolute sense. <laughs> Hold on, it sounds windy. I must be on a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I okay. let's test today. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick you in my boot later. <laughs> what? Whatever about that. Okay, fine. Hmm. The 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 blind guy. What's his name? The Whistler. blind the character is Whistler. Whistler. His he's been blind for I don't know life maybe whatever, and he's obviously they're portraying him as having these superpowers. Super. <laughs> Hearing. I think he just hears super hearing and his, his other senses are heightened I suppose and that's fine but Robert Redford who's in the back of the car isn't and he's saying did you hear like what did you hear did you hear like ramps and did you hear this and did you hear that there's not a way in hell if you were kidnapping so they that you'd be taking notice of any they of that purposely stuff. did it in the movie where he woke up while he was in the booth or whatever and they played those sounds. They did that on purpose for the movie. I As in, that was what he was hearing. I kind of feel if you woke up in that situation after being clobbered in the face, you wouldn't necessarily be that so consciously thinking of the sounds. You'd be more well, like... Well, they they established that he wasn't. They, they were kind of like, did you hear anything? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. Was it like this? No. Further apart, we need to feck off. No way. <laughs> yeah, I was on a bridge. No, oh, you did I get the part where he was like in the when he was in the booth? It, the same no, kind I, of I, went in and out. And that's what, it, that I was just, basically him hearing. I got it. I just didn't buy it. Okay. Yeah, I just buy it. Fair enough. And yeah. This is one of these instances where myself and Paul looked at each other. Yeah. Just and then and then <laughs> they stabbed you went over a bridge, and due to the. Dum, 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 dum. they were like it's that bridge and then suddenly they were like oh it's this building we, why Why? surely that bridge leads to more than one building no it was because there was only building at the end of the road <laughs> was, they're on an island somewhere oh it was on an island it was like yeah they said this road doesn't go anywhere it just goes to this building and they're like oh so a, and then they went to the building and they realised how convenient why does this building have so much security it's a, like I, a I, toy, sh- I, toy I, thing I think I, th- I feel like it's quite a, they explain it quite well uh, they explain it but I don't <laughs> again I, I'm just, I, just, I don't buy all that I think that's all like I think it's a little wishy-washy and I think there's better they could have written it better what if he hadn't gone over a bridge 
What else would he have heard? But then that would have been. Well, yeah, they wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. You would be. wouldn't be having your data protection. We wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Did you hear a bird whistle? Yes. There was other instances with Whistler where he almost had. It almost seemed like he had echolocation. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. he not the last scene when he could not, not see that, not that scene because like hilarious a blind person's driving, but like well, it wasn't I, about that. I was talking about something James 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 Earl Jones. What, uh, what happened? He was like he's over. Oh here. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, and I actually, and interesting. Okay, so okay, you you go on with your your echolocation for a second because I've got something to say about this James Earl Jones scene after. <laughs> well, I, I well I th- this this is nothing against the actor Davis. Uh, what how do you kind of say it? Think of Stratter. Stratter because I I've, I actually knew him from the River Wild. I said this to you. Mm. I like, I, I knew Dolores Claiborne as well. Well, he was in the River Wild, and then I saw him in Dolores Claiborne, and then I, my mum was like, "Well, that's the guy from the River Wild," and I was I was like, "That's not him." Because he's handsome, and this guy is clearly not handsome. And then I looked at him in Dolores Claiborne, and I'm like, I suppose he actually is handsome. It's just that he's such a good actor, such a horrible he portrayed person, such a horrible Claiborne. person hmm. that I was like, oh my god, he like acted his way through his good. Do you know Dolores Claiborne? Yeah, but yeah. not really. Oh, yeah. He plays he's, he's a fabulous. He's, he's fabulous in it, and he's such a scumbag. He plays it so well. Because in this film and in in most of the other films I've seen him in, he, he plays quite like dignified charismatic characters so like he's a, he's a really good like uh, he's today, a very good actor he's really good and I thought and there was some little nuances in this in this performance such as that James Earl Jones thing he also uh, when he's sitting beside Sidney Potty's daughter and he kind of kind of reaches to kind of put his hand in her lap I thought that was kind of sweet as well so I, I have nothing I think he's great I, what was the scene that I I can't even remember I do find a lot of this film I, I, I find it hard to like even though I saw it last night I'm finding it hard to pinpoint lots of scenes there was a thing that he did where I was like he must have had yeah he did something where he was like (laughs) 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 I can't remember (laughs) yeah we were like that's that's not how blind yeah it it was something he he, he like he like clicked his lips or he clicked his tongue or did something and then based on apparently the echo he could figure out where somebody was or something yeah. like that and it was kind of it, that was another instance where myself bothered me mm. going you uh, do know people can do that right it's first of all on a good point it is really good to see a one of the lead characters in a great exciting film have a disability that's a, an unusual thing and it's really great however they also it's like a person with a disability who has like Fantastic skills! Be the like, best blind person yeah, ever. Yeah. It's like one of the Avengers, like Daredevil or something. Yeah, uh, this is something. This is a very modern way of thinking about it because that this wouldn't have been the case in 1992. But uh, nowadays, they would probably, you know, you it would probably you probably like to see this character being played by an actor who was blind, because blind actors have very few roles available to them, and when there's a role that would be perfect for them, that's been played by an able-bodied person because I know David Sarhan is not blind you're kind of like mm, that would have been that would same been could nice. be said for Al Pacino in the Scent of a Woman like, and I agree yes. there you go <laughs> he wouldn't have his ass just popped into my head there you go yes anyway that's my thoughts on Whistler right. any other thoughts on Whistler? I don't know I thought he was a good character yeah he was no he was definitely a good character yeah. no, I, I thought like obviously the last scene of the van was just funny oh, the, oh, the, oh yeah that, and here he's but, like I'm never doing this again but that scene didn't really need to happen as well it was, uh, it was a good scene but when he got to uh, Robert Redford to, to Bishop Robert, he, Robert Redford got on the van and then Liz and who was Liz with at the time? Carl 
Carl, they just ran after the van and got in. So, so no, no, sorry, they came no, down no, from no. the roof and yeah, sorry, Crease and Mother. That's it. Both they, ran down the they hill. They ran down the hill, but they could have just stayed on the hill, got on the van, and let Robert Redford run up that way. Maybe he didn't know. No, no, no. They so Sidney Poitier and the other guy Dan Aykroyd and Dan Aykroyd were keeping them at bay, like shooting them, and your man drove down the hill to get Robert Redford, and then they followed down. I know, I know. No, like, wait, what? That's not what happened. Sydney Poitier. There was two guards that pulled those Sydney Poitier and Dan Aykroyd out of the van, and they were about to like kind of like stop them yeah, from doing whatever. Yeah. And Robert Redford was like, "Well, we still need you to come down and get us." Yeah, but like Sydney Poitier overcame those guards uh, almost as soon as he started reversing away. He reversed away. He reversed away. And then they were like, "What's them? that?" And then Sidney Poitier was like, "Did I tell you what?" I was I was really excited about this. this <laughs> he was like, "This whole film." They're like, "Why did you go oh, to yeah. CIA?" Oh, I can't talk about that. Okay, and he's he, and then he says at the very end, he's like, "Do you want to know why I left the CIA?" And then he's yes, like, and you were like, "Yes," <laughs> and then he's like. Because <laughs> I, I have a temper. Because I have a temper. And like, oh, it wasn't. I kind of, it wasn't like he like went ape shit at them. He just kind of punched them, and then we're like, all right. Okay. Yeah, Sydney Poitier is no man. What? Oh. He's no man. <laughs> at this age, he would have been. He had a very young daughter. I'd say sixties at this point. Maybe fifties. He's probably sixties. He's in his nineties now, is he? Yeah, he's ninety-six, ninety-three. So the scene with James Earl Jones with Also uh, just the, I know why James Earl Jones is in this movie is because the director is one of the only other movies I know that he's done was Feel the Dreams and James Earl Jones is a big character in that. Oh right, exactly. Big, so James Earl Jones is like, yeah, sure, I'll be out, whatever. Yeah. And it's great to have James Earl Jones James in movies. Jones, I feel <laughs> yeah. James Earl Jones does a lot of voiceover work or is, has small parts in movies. Yeah. He doesn't like, he's not like in a, a big yeah, role right. in a movie. Yeah. Like what? there's a movie he's in like called The Sandlot Kids, remember what it's called? I think. And he's like the grumpy old man in the tapes. Like, yeah. you rarely see him Has like he, the was he the main character in that Feel the Dreams film yeah yeah he was like, yeah. I've never seen him in a leading role what was that movie that we saw recently with James Earl Jones's dad his dad wasn't wow. his dad I mean that must have been or his was his dad or his brother it must have been really old if it was his dad it was the one with the camp sleepaway sleepaway camp sleepaway camp yeah oh yes was that that was his dad uh, the 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 the, cult. The, sh- the guy who gave got the job after the guy got the boiling water bottle bottle. <laughs> forgotten how to talk. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was the cook. It was his dad, I think, or something. Anyway, um, now Whistler, they're all standing in a line at the end, and they're all saying to James Earl Jones, who's the NSA, what they want. For. I want a brain. I want a heart. Yeah, 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 exactly. This is one of my favorite scenes because I want courage. It's like a callback to obviously an earlier scene. They were talking about random things. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. It's nice. But, but it's just like the ridiculousness of it all. It's just like Whistler, Whistler, who has identified from basically Robert Redford's memory how to get to this island slash company thing mm-hmm. from listening to him going over tracks or whatever, uh, and who has echolocation, and who has been hearing James Earl Jones speak to the others walks forward and is like a good foot away from James Earl Jones and goes oh you're not there you're over here oh those blind people are oh, so wacky stop 
And I'm like, what? I think you're giving him too much, like, praise on his echolocation. I don't think that was made of... <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think they gave it... had a big deal of it that they moved. He was there, David Ashman. He was there, <laughs> It wasn't so... Uh, such a big no, thing. That, that was honestly did. just like a, like a little funny... Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Now, another thing I would say I, about I, this just character... Before, before we move on, I do think that even though they do make a few little jokes like that, I never felt Whistler, the character, was being made fun of. And sometimes the... No, no, the, no. Uh, like, um, he was a core part of the group. But do, do you know um, the new RuPaul TV show? Uh, it was on AJ and the Queen. Mm. There's a main character in that that's blind. Again, played by someone who can't actually see. But like every scene they're in, it's like, oh, this blind person doesn't realise that they're being wacky. They're walking. It's uh, like a kind of a, what's the cartoon with Mr. Ed? No, that's a horse. What's the, <laughs> <laughs> what's the cartoon with like the, there's a... Um, Mr. McGoo. Mr. McGoo. Yeah. Um, they never do that with Whistler. What one uh, one final thing about Whistler? We're an hour in, and we've only talked about one of the characters. <laughs> one final thing about him: the when like the code, like they're decrypting the the black box, the black box. So they're, well, they're decrypting like the air controller. What's it called? Air traffic control. Air, they're in, they're decrypting the air traffic controller uh, system and lots of these systems. And there's like a braille thing which is like coming up and telling him the code. Yeah. But as he's as he's like feeling it, there's all these things like popping up over here to the right that he's not feeling and I'm kinda like, well, I'm pretty sure that's important. Well, like, he's probably not reading the whole screen. But if it's like if it's telling him if if it's telling him, you know, what's going on on the screen, then surely the whole thing like, I, I don't know much about how Braille computers work. Yeah. But I imagine the top line reads that like thing top down and then anything else is probably just like a input thing like yes, no or whatever. But all, I don't these, know. all these little pins were popping up and I was like, you're not feeling those pins over there. I'm sure that's pretty important. <laughs> but anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, we'd have to ask a blind person I know, if they ever used those computers. I don't think they exist anymore. You know, this is totally going off topic, but do you know The Last of Us 2 has a uh, option for blind players? No. Oh, amazing. So does it like shake the controller or something? I have no idea how it works. I just know it was like, here, click, click this. If you, have, if you are visually impaired, we have a setting that you can play. Here it is. Oh, that's incredible. And amazing. Yeah. I kind of want to know more about that. Hmm. I just thought I'd put that in there. By the way, Last of Us 2. Spectacular. That's it. Sorry. Okay. Next character. <laughs> Most of my kind of like eyebrow raising moments were around the character Whistler, so I don't think we'll have as much, we will be spending as much time. But uh, let's talk about Chris. Okay. Sydney Party, eh? Yeah. I love Sydney Party. I love Sydney Party. Yeah. He brings this lovely kind of sophistication to it, doesn't he? Yeah, and like he just has that kind of attitude, like seriously. And then he's like put on the phone to mother, and he's like, "What am I dealing with now?" <laughs> Again, <laughs> and that character could come off as kind of he the the the, bo- the boring kind of one who wants to dampen the mood. But Sidney Poitier brings this lovely sophistication to the role uh, that it never goes into that territory. No, yeah, I think that, yeah they handle kind of all the characters well, especially with e- within each other, like how they interact with each other. Like yeah. they all have their own dynamics, but feel, they're not over. Like they're not. It's not like a, a caricature of that type of person. No, no. Something about Ocean's Eleven that I really felt from the cast was I really felt these group of actors really genuinely liked each other and were having a great time making the film. And I get that same feel from from yeah. these guys. I feel like they all had this lovely. I'd say they all had a, you know between takes they were all having yeah. it's kind of like, like they're obviously operating as a team but you can already tell that like 
they are operating. Yes, like, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Like, great. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you I want. Think, yeah, I think that's, like, really important, uh, you know, if there's a gang of actors and they get on really well and in the in the screenplay they're meant to be active or they're meant to be working together for a long time that comes across yeah i just i just feel that sydney potier has such a such a presence on screen you know he's, yeah. he, he just exudes charisma i do feel though because he was an actor that i don't want to say he had his heyday or his you know his, like this is definitely one of his twilight year movies yeah yeah it was a later in his career i suppose and he would have been an actor in the 50s 60s 70s and, and 80s i suppose there was a couple of scenes in this where i in the 60s in movies in the 60s it was uh you know people were kind of over the top and they were quite dramatic yeah. and it was like go over here and do this thing and then come over here and you know it was all a bit exaggerated and I remember in one of the scenes where Robert Redford has just, it was early in the movie, Robert Redford has just explained that he had this whole history and yeah. background and stuff. Sidney Potier, at that point, a CIA agent, former CIA agent, decides to leave the group, go over, sit down, put his feet up and, and read a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then, you know, somebody else, else says something and he closes the comic book really angrily and throws it down and then gets up and goes, no, blah, 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 blah. And I just felt that was a bit... I, I, I felt that was like a remnant of that genre of acting. That you era. Know, that, that era I think that kind acting. of ties into his character, though. A bit. Yeah. Because it's kind of like... Maybe. He's like, I'm not having this. I'm just, I'm just going to do something else. And it's like, oh, fine, fine, I'll get involved. He's the adult, <laughs> he's the adult he's in the, the room. Adult, yeah. But he's not, well, in that scene, he's not acting as no, the adult. He storms off and reads a comic book. No, but the adult in the room... He's, but the reason he's doing that is because he's almost like... These damn kids. Yeah, but he's also a CIA a agent, and I th- I would have left because it was temper. But I well, <laughs> that's why he went off and read a comic Fair book. Fair enough, good point. But I would have felt that a CIA agent would have wanted to get to the bottom of things more rather than storming off. Well, I think he didn't want to involve himself in anything. Else. Yeah, he was like, just weary. He um, he has one of the funniest young. scenes in this, as we, we we've said it before, where. Uh, River Phoenix is like there's, oh, yeah. there's these guys having sex and they're kind of spying on them not having sex but they're spying on them and they happen to have sex and uh, River Phoenix comes over who's 19 and is like oh let me see let me see and uh, Sidney Crowley says go fuck yourself go be professional and he's like let me see let me see <laughs> there's also quite a, a quote near the start of the film when there's the first kind of heisty thing is it River Phoenix that has the, the black paint on his face Similar to what we have yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, our yeah, promo yeah. for this. Yeah, season. I wrote that down as now. I was like, and the look from Sydney Poitier. Sydney Poitier does this classic look. It's <laughs> like, I know that this isn't blackface, but I'm not <laughs> yeah. I'm not entirely happy yeah. with this. And funny, Jam said to us when we described our promo photo for this season, she was like, be careful. <laughs> um, and then there's, there's one, oh my God, there's one part that me and Connor were like, what just happened? Ashwin, can you tell us what part we were like, that's a bit racist. What, Midnight? Midnight! <laughs> oh my god, YouTube yeah, Midnight. That was like, oh wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> you did not just say that to Sidney Potty. Yeah. I've never heard that. Don't kick your fingers. That's like you go, girl. <laughs> that's like that exact opposite. <laughs> you told that. <laughs> um, I've never heard that as a slur before. Yeah. Um, and it was very shocking. Yeah. Fair. I mean, I am. Uh, it was a guy that was meant to be a bad guy and 
you know, like, it, it wasn't like it wasn't when it wasn't like something Robert Redford said to his friend. It was, it was meant yeah. to be a character that said it, it was meant to be a bad guy saying a bad thing to. I did to find somebody, it shocking, but though. I was I was a bit. And yeah, it wasn't. It was like, huh? How is he? Maybe that's where he got his temper from. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, that's yeah. he probably he was he was a black man in the CIA. He probably had to put up a lot of shit yeah. in those days. Is it fair to say Sidney Poitier was the first black movie star? He's probably one of the first. He's not the first black person to win an Oscar. He's the first black male to win a Best Leading uh, Oscar. Yeah. But does that make you... No, can, you, can, you can be a star without winning an Absolutely. Oscar. Absolutely. Tom Cruise is probably the biggest movie star of the last 30 years, and he has no Oscar. But I'm just wondering, though I do think golden era of Hollywood and Oscar was more important to movie stardom, but I, I'm i just trying to... I think he probably is the, the first. Okay, so I think we, we've finished with Sydney. I don't think there's anything else to say about him, is there? No. Get a wife and kids, that's about it. <laughs> I don't know. Are we talking about okay. River? Well, let's, let's talk about River. Poor River. Poor River Phoenix. I feel so bad for him. And he was so, <laughs> so, I feel so bad for him being dead. I feel so bad for him being dead because he was so handsome. He's a talented actor as well. <laughs> talented actor. Yeah. If he had been ugly, we would be fine. <laughs> River Phoenix character. I don't think that this movie exhibited his best acting it was a paycheck role for him he actually that's the, he said that he was like it was between projects and he was like I needed a nice big paycheck film that would be low stress oh there you go well it worked out yeah it worked out big name actors get associated with that yeah. I don't think it was a very challenging role for him to be honest he, it no was like, he had like be young and a bit stupid and he'd be grand like he yeah. was the Matt Damon of this uh, as in you know the Matt Damon if Robert Redford to compare George Clooney yeah Sidney Patty was probably the Brad Pitt he was the Matt Damon uh, even though he didn't yeah. have as big a role as Matt Damon yeah I did I did I did like him though I, th- I thought he was I thought he was fun um, I liked where at the end he he wanted to <laughs> At the very end, he they were saying, "What do you want?" and people were asking for world oh, peace yeah. and stuff. And he was like, "Give me your one's phone number." Yeah, it's like that's all he wanted. <laughs> yeah, she's single. Give me her phone number. There was one scene with him where he walks into the toy company, uh, and he's dressed up as a gardener. Yeah, and he says, "Oh, I just want to use your loo to the security guard." And he goes into the loo. He goes up into some shaft or something and the guard's like oh right he's been in there for a while let, let me go have a look so he goes in he's not there he comes back in he's going to call security and say oh I think somebody's doing something here and then he looks out the window sees the back of Dan Aykroyd with the cap and everything on and goes oh it's grand so <laughs> <laughs> there might have been an eyebrow twitch at this moment yeah. <laughs> Also, by the way, Dan Aykroyd has his back to the window, so he can't see what's going on in the window behind him. <laughs> so they anticipated, they anticipated that River Phoenix's character would go in, go into the loo, go up a shaft, and the security guy would come in, go into a different room with a phone, with a window to the garden, call the security guard, and then they would have somebody there to look like the security guard so it wouldn't raise suspicion knowing that he had to have his back to the window while the security guard came in to make that call and then knew oh yeah it's it's all clear because the security guard had that call in his grant I think you're overthinking <laughs> <laughs> like he might like 
There was a lot of time not shown in a bunch of scenes where Dan Aykroyd was surveilling the whole building. Like, it goes from, this is the offices, but then it's like, you know, we are finding, like, the guy they're going to target or whatever. But they're also surveilling everything else. That's so true. Like, he comes he, back and says, oh, the, the lights go off at this time. And then they come yeah, so he's time. probably realized, okay, yeah, that's where yeah, security, yeah. Got, that's what they call security people or whatever. yeah. And I don't like. I can, it's, it's, it's just got. A, it's a movie. It's, yeah. it's a special disbelief. But no, I. But I, I do think in a heist film, more than most films, it's all the, the satisfaction comes from. Oh wow, they're so prepared. They knew every little. Mm. And and, and the, because a lot of the time in these films, we're not necessarily told every step of the way yeah. beforehand, so that when we think, oh no, this is a perilous moment, that security guard. Yeah, can make or break it has recognized as an issue well, then we're like oh it's okay they've thought about that they're one step ahead but I I agree I I agree with you I I think that that works to an extent but I think you have to see something which leads up to it I feel like if they explained it too much like what they were going to do then it would have been too much they would have been like we're just repeating I think it's a balance because I think it can go two ways either they just do it and they show it to you then and then you go well that's ridiculous or they show you too much and then you're not really impressed but or or for example in oceans one of the oceans maybe it's just like they do it and then at the end they show you this whole background of stuff that you didn't see and then you go well that's not very satisfying because you know they can just make up any shit that they want and just show it to us later on <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like I'm like I did really like I did enjoy this film. Um, so I feel like I'm like, like being very harsh on it. But let's nitpick it. Anyway. I feel like this is this is Ashton's pick. I feel like we're being like grilling <laughs> him on it. No, it's fine. Yeah. I, as I said, I enjoy movies, so I'm just happy to enjoy no, I, I it and just tell you why I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, and I and I do I I did find this film like an enjoyable caper, uh, but. I just there was little things here and there that, and that's what we do. That's what we we, we dissect it and stuff. And I, I, to be honest, none of these things would make me go. I loved it, and then that just ruined it for me. But but, like, but if you were looking at this movie without the context of oh, we'll have to do a podcast and critique it and you know talk about it, you would just accept it for yeah, what it exactly, was, yeah. and you would just say that's yeah. that's a fun movie. But while we're here, might as well talk about. But while we're here, we're just like <laughs> these were. Then he stepped like two inches faster than this. So one of the issues I had with this film is there was some times where they would set us up for something and then the payoff was a bit deflated we mentioned one earlier on when Sidney Potty was like oh why did he leave the CIA and then it was because he had a temper and then he like kind of wetly punches someone got him like oh okay the, in regards to River Phoenix's character Carl he, we, he's in the, the air ducts and stuff the films and video games have made me believe that there's like a lot of air ducts everywhere that like it's, it's a crawl space <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. it's a crawl space yeah but I feel like this, that's the thing that exists we, we, more we, so we've been watching the Umbrella Academy recently and there was a scene where uh, Robert Sheehan escapes through this like ventilation tube in, yeah. a, mot- in a motel yeah, a motel it wasn't even yeah. like a big warehouse I feel yeah. like I've, yeah I've seen that scene yeah. uh, I feel like that wouldn't be big enough for a human yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. anyway anyway so uh, Robert Robert Redford is captured by some dude and there, there's like three people pointing a shotgun at him and then Ben K- Kingsley is like I won't shoot my friend you shoot my friend oh, and then walks away to be honest, I thought that was great so it's just like it's like that's yeah no no, no, no problem funny. with that no <laughs> problem with that and then Robert Redford and Liz are like oh this is pretty shit isn't it We're, we have gun pointed at us and Robert Redford is like aha I have an ace up my sleeve isn't that right Carl 
And then I expected Carl to have some gadget that like instantly made I don't, everyone fall unconscious or, or uh, have some trick up his sleeve. All he did was fall from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. from the ceiling. <laughs> he fell from the ceiling. And I don't know how Robert Redford knew, because this is a big building, yeah. what floor to be on, yeah. what be, room. Position yourself directly above this place and then jump through. I think he knew where he was. How? Because he was next door. Originally. But he was when he was captured by the guy with the shotgun, the heavy guy, the uh, like your man's Ben Kingsley's heavies. He was brought into a room with Ben Kingsley. Yeah, he's brought into his office. But how did how did he then? Know, that wasn't where Robert Weaver was. How would he have known that that's the room that Carl was in? No, he wasn't in that room. Was not in like the next room over. Oh, he was he was like near the heating place, wherever that was. <laughs> well, I mean, my point is like Robert Redford was like. Ah, you think you have one over me, but aha, I have one over on you. And he knew that Carl was above him. I feel in I I feel like Family Guy would take the piss. Out of yes, that, where yeah, he, he falls like slightly <laughs> 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 off. Robert Rever would be like, aha, Carl jumped through the ceiling, and then like in a totally different room, Carl's like, <laughs> boom. <laughs> I, I, and I kind of think like my bet would still be on the guys with the, the guns like your man yeah have, even if some guy fell from the ceiling on top yeah, of you you'd be like yeah, oh, I'm going to shoot you get, shoot you now and then shoot that guy yeah, and he had ample time to shoot Robert Redford in that delay like if I was the guy with the shotgun and Robert Redford was like come on Carl come on Carl I wouldn't be like hang on a second I'm going to wait and see how this pans out <laughs> and then yeah Liz picked up the gun <laughs> and then was like oh I don't know how to, I don't know how to shoot a gun I'm a lady <laughs> I'm an excellent marksman, woman, woman. Anyway, yeah, we'll talk about her later. So that's <laughs> so that's River Phoenix's character. Yeah, he didn't really do much. Why wasn't he, he? Didn't have a lot to do. The only was, thing he had really was he had some his good banter with like the rest of the crowd. Yeah, yeah. But did he have a particular awesome. skill? Yeah, because, that's my question. Because he. He he hacked into places. Into oh, like, he was a, like he, yeah, he was, he had he was a, good at like hacking computers and shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Great. He okay. did. I did like what you said about Liz. He was like, oh, I basically want someone like Liz. That's yeah. very sweet. Yeah. And he was. I loved his little dancing scene that he had with Liz. He was the best. I thought that he was my favorite of the characters dancing with her. Interestingly, Dan Aykroyd was actually the best dancer out of the lot of them because they did a jive, and I was very impressed with that. Hmm. Nice segue. Oh, there you go. Let's talk about Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, he's grand. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> now, like Dan Aykroyd's main thing was like he's a conspiracy nut, and that's it. Yeah. He, he just kind of his name and his mother was just not a name that I needed to hear. People kept on. I kept thinking of Pose and all the characters in Pose. Mother. No, you know, in Pose, they, they refer to <clears throat> all the the mothers of the house. There's a TV show called Pose, where there's all these drag families, and the mother of the house, it's just everyone calls her mother. So I kept on thinking Dan Ackard was like a drag mother. <laughs> all their um, rewards, whatever they wanted at the end, they all kind of fit with their characters quite well. So the Sydney Poitier's one was like, he's retired now. She's like, you know, yeah. going to travel Europe. Or like, get away. Yeah. River Phoenix was like, you know, he's a young guy. He's like, want to find love. Robert um, Redford wanted his uh, record clean. Yeah, mm. that's, but he definitely did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what but, was Dan Aykroyd's? Dan Aykroyd's one. He wanted to win a bago, which is oh, like yes. yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, it's yeah. totally like within his conspiracy note, like character to like be off the grid type of thing, like yeah, be self-sufficient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like 
Yeah. I love the thought of um, James Earl Jones' character, like, the next day when he's in the office. <laughs> yeah. yeah. like, opens up his, I guess, old... 1992 computer writing like, these checks for like, like Winnebago and yeah and, well, well yeah I guess he's well in my head he's like looking up catalogues and he's like he said he wanted a, a yeah. burgundy interior <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, can, can I get a deal <laughs> and then like booking flights to your around your I just that's funny yeah yeah, I, yeah Dan Ackert's grand yeah oh maybe Ben Kingsley and then Robert and Liz and Mary Liz being married. Oh, Liz being married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Who, would you, who, who yeah. do you want to talk about next? Liz, I guess. Okay, so Mary McDonald yes. from Battlestar. I know, I know Mary from. I know Mary. From, <laughs> I know Mary from Battlestar Galactica. That's so I know her. From That's yeah. Rosalind, President Rosalind. And Ashwin pointed out. You pointed out that that is another link in our Silver Screamer series because she was also in Donnie Darko which I totally forgot about yeah she was the mother wasn't she? She, she was, was the great. mother small bro but great our first episode so Mary slash Liz I think this film lacks female representation okay gonna get all political right from the start okay right from the start right from the start it does not go. pass the Bechdel test it does not pass the Bechdel test but she is definitely the most intelligent person out of the group. Yep. Um, <laughs> she's probably the most successful person out of the group. And she is critical to them being able to access the building and, you know, get 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 the decryption code thing that they need to get. I actually didn't really like her character Balsar Galactica and I don't necessarily know if I like her as an actress but I but I quite liked her in this I thought she was she was powerful she was strong she didn't take shit and yeah what were your thoughts? Yeah I'd agree I one she had a weird funny accent going on in it but I'm not sure if that was on purpose or I don't know but like it wasn't the is that not her yeah. natural I'm not, no I don't think so <laughs> she strikes me as somebody she strikes me as an actress that would have have a take a choice and run with it and even in Battlestar Galactica I feel she was a bit quirky and she was a bit different and she was a bit she didn't have an, ac- an accent per se but I, I feel she might in her roles take that choice or yeah. you know you make a little choice about that kind of stuff but she wasn't like it was like like it was an American accent. She wasn't like it wasn't know. like it was, it was a bit distracting in like, some scenes for me. It was just I don't know why she was doing this. Yeah. I'm not sure I 100 percent agree with your take on the character. I do like her interpretation. She had this lovely coy coyness to her that I enjoyed. Yeah. This kind of quiet confidence that I I, I thought was good on screen. Uh, and I suppose I know what you mean in terms of she was when you mean she's the most intelligent can you elaborate on that what do you mean well when the imposter NSA people go to them to they say you know we listen on the phone lines and whatever and there's this thing that we're interested in and uh, Robert Redford doesn't know exactly what they're talking about but they've told him this Janik Mr. Janik or Professor Janik or whatever is the guy that has created it. He goes to her to say, I am going to go to this lecture to talk about, to, to listen to this guy and to see what he has to say. I won't have a fucking clue what he says. So I need you to come with me 
to tell me what he's talking about. And it's all about encryption and cryptography and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I, I suppose so. So her skills that she brings is her cryptography skills. And she's, well, that, and she's also a master musician. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I suppose... I, 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 I kind of feel bad for the character in that she she's demonstrated that she's very capable and intelligent and, you know, mathematical. And her role ends up being... That's that's I think that's, that's my that was my issue. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that is an issue. But I think before that, her role wasn't really she wasn't part of the team no, per that, se. That was another kind of. So I kind of felt so they're kind of using her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of felt like Robert Redford had this team of of, of the boys that yeah. all had their little. Skills. That's their job. That's Here what they there. do. Yeah. And that was his company. I don't know. I don't know. There was no. Yet he 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 knew that she was a fantastic code breaker cryptographer is that the no she's a mathematician mathematician okay but he never there was never any talk of her ever being a part of his band or anything well she's his ex-girlfriend or whatever well yeah but he approaches her when he needs her and that's grand and everything's fine and then but he and then they move into her apartment for some reason because there's uh, I guess there's a place they, on his house they, yeah so they may move into her apartment because she's not on anyone's like list they, like the NSA, the fake NSA guys know those yeah, four yeah, guys. Yeah. Oh, you're right, because they all have. But they don't know her. Yeah. Okay. So I kind so of was. A safe li- I, I was a little bit. I was a little bit like, well, why? First of all, is she letting this happen? Se- uh, second of all, why is she? They're 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 not really including her in the plans. Like she's kind of when they're all having their their boys discussion about what they're going to do. She idly passes and she's like, "Well, it seems to me that this person needs to be set up with someone anal." While she's picking up their rubbish that they brought into her apartment, she hasn't minded these like five men just living in her apartment bringing in some stranger's rubbish and she happens to be picking it up and then they're like you're anal I think ah, you I don't think that's what they that, what that, that's what that was about like they all have like a history and so and one thing that the movie did do with some of the characters was show like kind of like in jokes or know that they know each other so like they already they already knew about yeah, it. they I know mean, what she's like no, I, I think that's fair enough I think I no I agree I agree to an extent where you have to remember that you're coming in on these on these characters' lives and they have a background and a history and you know they have to communicate that to us but yeah. at the same time I just yeah I get that. and I actually think that if, I think she there's a chemistry including her with all of them they all do have the, you do sense a bit of history with them I just they can't they essentially insinuate that she's like anal retentive and something even though she's perfectly there's no irritation with the fact that these guys are all in her her place at all so, and then the fact that they they have this cryptographer and they're like do you know what you're good for you're good for going on a date anal retention <laughs> well like Robert Redford's character does come to her and say look I need your help so I, I, I suppose they have a history and she didn't more or less agree to that I suppose there. she's a bit stuffier than the rest of them but well, that's about it but I, I, I know there is a leap there to say that she's like yeah she's anal. she seems pretty damn relaxed yeah she seems pretty well yeah. adjusted and like they don't need to twist her there's not like do you know in, in Ocean's 12 they need to like twist Julia Roberts arm around to help out and stuff they're just like she's very 
she's she's meant, to, she, she's meant to like dislike Robert Redford because they were exes and stuff. And there's they, no animosity there. No, not at all. And, and they didn't. Yeah, as you're saying, like they didn't establish anything that kind of they could have easily done it in earlier scenes that that she was in any way like she could have any kind of short thing they could have done but no she seems like extremely chill to be yeah, honest yeah like she was dancing with all the guys yeah <laughs> like I'm, quite fine like, I was very con- sorry no no I was just going to say like you know if she was that anal she would not be going into some randomer's house to like steal his wallet or steal his like ID she and that kind of stuff so I was she really, was just like ha 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 I, I found I actually right. found that entire scene really I was really concerned for her she was so vulnerable and then he like basically dragged her into his office and was like this woman wants to steal from me and she's like I'm really sorry this is a very bad day <laughs> and then these like security guards I'm sorry who have no authority over her drag her into his office and she's like and then with guns well apparently like they're all criminals as well you know you have to remember mm-hmm. that yeah I was, I was yeah anyway and then they have she like picks up a gun and she's like oh it's a gun I don't know how to shoot a gun I'm a lady yeah no she doesn't know how to shoot a gun <laughs> I know but it was just she was it felt like you know you got okay it felt a little bit like Robert Redford's the smooth guy and uh, Dan Aykroyd is the conspiracy guy and River Phoenix is the young guy and uh, Sidney Poitier is the old veteran and uh, Liz is is the girl yeah. <laughs> she is the the smurfette her her unique kind of character point <clears throat> is that she is a lady I think yeah I don't think I think it's giving a bit of disservice to the character though to yeah say. I think she's quite like as Karen said she's intelligent like she's she's well up for doing the like playing Doris yeah, or whatever that is like fair. She, she goes playing that role. Yeah, yeah, that she, she plays Doris she she is the mathematician that like uh, uh, explains exactly what this technology can do and you know, she's quite cool when when this guy, which is a, it's a it's an uncomfortable scene. He's very cool. That scene. When when he drags her into this to his office, which I, I, I just feel is so ridiculous because you would just be like, "Who the fuck are you, people? Like, I'm I'm just leaving. I th- you have no authority here." But she's quite cool. She's calm. She's collected. I do think it's funny though that she makes the gaff. Yeah, she, and that's a, yes, where she says. Yeah. Oh, that's the last time I do computer dating, and, and that tips him off that <laughs> this guy or you and him were picked on a computer because computers never are wrong. So therefore, oh. somebody must be in the building, yeah. you know, conspiring <laughs> yeah. against yeah. us. I mean, also, you can hardly hold it against her for not being like, wait a minute, I'm way too hot to be with this guy. I shouldn't mention we were on a computer date. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think actually in most of her scenes, she like obviously she's pretend to be Doris Stern whatever and like she was doing a good job apart from that one gaff but like in most of her scenes she was the strong woman lead like she was holding her own so yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Was, I did feel this maybe could have done with some more female representation but overall I think they had female representation and black representation and disability representation so I didn't think it was doing that badly yeah, I think that's probably yeah. I uh, yeah, uh, room for improvement. As well. Like they, they could have given women more kind of 
better roles maybe but like yeah. she wasn't it wasn't a terrible role you, did her and Robert Redford get back together I mean the whole the, the, the yes, knowing I think at the end the, 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 they never established it no they? I think I they hinted at it yeah, yeah. I mean knowing films as we do that is the obvious well we'll direction. have to see in Sneakers too. <laughs> <laughs> they hinted at it briefly when they're at the lecture with Janik and where he was suddenly getting interested in it and she was like trying to Maybe, maybe he's gonna. Maybe I'm okay. But then he's like, no, no. no. <laughs> I kind of got like kind of more of a kind of a fuckbuddy vibe from the two of them rather than the boyfriend girlfriend vibe. Well, whatever they're into. They didn't really establish what they're into. No, but like they they obviously have a bit of chemistry. But like she seems, he seems to be like kind of a, a slippery bachelor. She seems to be perfectly happy in her life. I can imagine them just having the odd shag. The odd. Wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Well, whatever, but as I said, whatever works for them. Okay, so we move on to. I guess Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Yeah, I like Ben Kingsley. I think he's. I think he's. He's a character actor, but a character actor that has a a, a very real kind of presence to him. He's not. He's not like a Johnny Depp character character actor where they're quite off the wall and quite you know zany he's a character actor insofar he as that he he plays a real person with a bit of an edge and i thought he did this in this movie quite well um he did have a scene which you see which you think never happens where he goes no where, where, the, where the camera pans out from him and I'm like oh my god did they actually do that but I thought he came across he was a good villain he was a good villain insofar as he was working for the mafia as you said uh, he was also had his own agenda and he wasn't a moustache twiller he wasn't a moustache twiller he didn't really want to kill Robert Redford but when it came down to it he said yeah let's just get rid of him I quite liked him in this. Yeah, like one of the things is he was he was the the plot driver for the movie. Like all of his scenes were important. Like his scenes, yeah, all the scenes, like, especially with Robert Redford, were like kind of like about the A plot. It's like what is actually going on? In the movie? <laughs> like why is all this happening? And I love the like even just like the small things that him and Robert Redford's character had. Like they had like you could see they had history as well. Like you know, they had like their thing like you know the consequence and whatever and like they'd go back and forth on like ideas and they'd still keep that banter going on later on good to see obviously it was just written that way like where the characters all had like a story and they all had to get in and Ben Kingsley is obviously very good at what he does yeah like there's not much to say about Cosmo in the set like I I did really like that line as we talked about earlier where he's like I'm not gonna shoot my friend you should be my friend. friend. <laughs> he actually had the best lines, I think. Like the my opener for the podcast was taken from him. He had a couple, yeah. like of kind of when he was his exposition wasn't extremely obvious exposition. It was kind mm-hmm. of done quite poetically. Yeah, he was a good Baltic guy. Not how about screen time, really? I also actually I also found myself empathizing with his point of view yeah. <laughs> because, like, from the very outset of the movie, where they're in like the backstory stuff in the 60s where it's kind of like 
they're taking money from like say Republican people and putting giving them to like liberal agenda people or whatever and then later on he's like I want to take down corrupt systems or whatever I want to do this and I want to change the world for the better I guess like maybe that was still his goal like it's he's not necessarily bad like his ideology isn't necessarily a bad thing but obviously the way he went about it is like terrible can I can I just put a little asterisk there and can we before we go on to Robert Redford can we talk about Paul's thesis statement are we ready for that? because my thesis statement with this film is that this film has a weird political angle and that when, when this film opens we meet these two college students and I think we're meant to slightly empathise with them and they have a Robin Hood process where they t- they take funds and they give them to charities or, or not charities organisations that I feel like we're meant to sympathise with uh, and the organisation that they take from is the Republican Party yeah which is very pointed and then they give it to the Black Panthers which is also very pointed and then whatever about that because that's the past and uh, but then we move to the present and then Ben Kingsley is a, a communist is that fair to say like he's um, saying I want to take I can take everything he wants everyone to be totally equal he wants to yeah, yeah he wants to machine, take down the banks and things like that he will take down the banks and he will distribute it because I'm not sure he's a I mean communist I think he's more of a an anarchist, an anarchist. Well, he's an anarchist but in, in just a, yeah he wants I suppose that's probably better but he wants to kind of you know rage against the machine he wants to tear down the machine Take down the man now. Yeah, and then he's saying, and then he, he he's 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 saying his ideology to Robert Redford uh, character, and then Robert Redford is like he was he says some line I can't think of the exact quote, but he says something like we were trying to make a change, and then Robert, Robert Redford was like, no man, we were we were doing a prank. It was a prank. <laughs> was a yeah. prank. And then so that when when that happened, I was like, oh, so the film doesn't think that the Robin Hood ideology is correct it is saying that no that was just silly and that 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 ideology is wrong and then in the the coda of the film we learn that the republican party is broke and that greenpeace and who's the other charity greenpeace and oh i can't remember it was like is some like save the whales or something. no i can't remember it's like I can't remember. So, so by by kind of but by using the Republican Party twice in the as as the the target that we can take money from both at the start, but then they kind of say, well, maybe that was a prank. But then they also they then say at the end, they're kind of saying that oh, okay, well, okay, well, we can't, we're not anarchists, okay, but we do think the Republican Party are uh, shy talks and. I just think that's an unusual stance for well, a the, the movie's coming off the back end of um, George, George Bush. W. Bush yeah, or yeah. George H. W. Bush George, George Bush yeah. See, um, yeah. as president so maybe it's, it is a dig at him yeah it's just it's not it's, it's unusual to see a film with such a partisan stance that isn't necessarily yeah maybe like it's, it's probably done on purpose that way because like as as we noticed, like it's it's quite diverse, and yeah. a lot of movies maybe at that time wouldn't have been so yeah. diverse, and they're kind of like you know what, let's just make a movie for 
you know, if this film was released more liberal, today, kinda. it would get trashed on Twitter for for being the liberal agenda. Everything gets trashed. I mean, on <laughs> fair, but uh, it would get trashed on Twitter for being like. That's why I'm not on Twitter. Um, anyway, <coughs> anyway, do you have any thoughts on that? Honestly, while you were saying that, I thought, "Wow, you've thought about this a lot more than I have." <laughs> I think there was kind of like a role reversal for the characters when they first started out. So Cosmo and Marty, and yeah. they're younger because in the first scene, Cosmo is worried he's going to get caught because obviously, well, maybe it's not a reversal, maybe because he, he's like, "Oh, we're doing serious stuff here. We're taking money from these guys and putting it here." Whereas Marty is kind of a bit more laid back in that regard. He's kind of like. Oh yeah, like we're just doing these things. That's why later on he's kind of like, oh, it's just a prank. We're just like having fun moving these things. We we don't like those guys. We're gonna give money to these guys. We do like. But that's exactly what he does in the end. Yeah, we're. Well, Cosmo was like, we. Wanted, right, he wanted to take one step. He was like, yeah, he was kind of like, no, this is like a my thing. I want to actually do something with this. <laughs> yeah, but they literally say in the end, the Republican Party have no money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, that's quite a prank. Yeah. yeah. No, well, that's a, just the consequence of them donating all but the money that, to. That was a political statement of the time, wasn't it? I, I, that, I that imagine was, it was. That was, <laughs> that was, that was Whistler's um, goal. He wants um, was it, peace on earth and goodwill to all. Yeah. Yeah. So they donated to like the Greenpeace and a bunch of other places. That's where the money came from. Mm, yeah. Hey, anyway, I just thought it was. But that was coming out of the Gulf War, was it? 92? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so that was probably a political statement around that time. Um, Pretty little conscious here at Silver Screen. Yeah. Yes, we know American politics. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe they get a comment saying the Gulf War was like 1953. <laughs> what are you talking about? But it was before um, Clinton, <clears throat> so it would have been George Bush Senior. Anyway, that is all this statement. All this uh, we're 145. Do you want to just talk about Robert and then have we missed anybody? No, just Robert. Just Robert. Just Robert. Let's talk about Robert Redford. Robert Redford is a huge Hollywood star, and I don't know enough of his movies to be. Honest. I think he got more famous after this movie. Okay. For movies, because after this movie, he was in the Horse Whisperer and a bunch of other stuff. He was in war movies before that. I think he was in uh, Out of Africa. He's in Africa, yeah. and he was in this, and he was also in the Avengers. <laughs> so that was. And that's it. my knowledge I of Robert. To, Robert. I want to introduce <laughs> you to to a film called No, but Cassidy and the Sundance okay, okay. Kid. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like he, he was also in the he was in the Horse Whisperer. Yeah. The way we were. I don't think I've ever seen that. Where is lovely? All oh, right. Okay. Well, we watched that. So Barbara Streisand and Robert Redford. <clears throat> My knowledge of Robert Redford is limited, to be honest, and he was before our time. He was he, well, was, he was 70s. That was his heyday. He was the Brad Pitt he of doesn't the 70s age. and 80s. I, I, I will I, say, this is my introduction to Robert Redford, this movie. When I this movie? There. Yeah. <laughs> he does not age. Like, he was... He was well, <laughs> I feel like his face has some signs of aging. Ah, well, look. Well, he, he, still, has, he still has his bleached blonde hair. I actually think um, his hair is a bit... I think his hair is a bit ridiculous. I think he. I don't know. Looks like a I wig. just thought. I I think I think in out of Africa this maybe, and, I mean, of course he looks older. Of course he does. But he has aged very well from 
like to the Avengers. Like he was in Endgame, and he looked he like at first certain he wasn't actually sub- like he was supposed to quit acting before that, and then they realized, oh, he's actually that. No, he's you know, role. He, he, you know, he retired. You know, yeah, you know, he retired. Actors, he, actors retire, and I think they retire and then you know somebody goes would you do a scene well his film and they go oh yeah fine. would you do he probably got paid like he was in he was in Endgame for about two minutes yeah well, probably he, got 150 grand to be fair you know, he didn't announce his retirement until he, he was in a film called The Old Man and His Gun which was released last year and that he was like this is my last film and everyone was like Robert Redford never won an Oscar. Well, he won an Oscar for directing, but he never won an, a- an acting Oscar. And everyone was like, "Oh my God, this is this is it. This will be this, what a lovely. This will be his swan song." And then that film was apparently woeful, and he wasn't even nominated for an Oscar, which is so sad. He it might get sense. an honorary one at some point. It's not nice. I feel, I feel so that he. I feel that he's so. But he also has an acting Oscar. That's true. But I feel that he's so respected in Hollywood. Like he, he's, yeah, he's one of the like, greats, you know. He's he's yeah. he's Hilary Swank has two Oscars. Robert Robert has no. Okay, but I I yeah no I feel Robert is one of the greats, and it's unfortunate that he hasn't he doesn't have an uh, an acting Oscar. Have neither of you seen Butch Cassidy? I have, yeah. Sorry. I have. Years, forgot about years, it. Years ago. Yeah, that's a. That, I mean, that would be a. I will. That's a pretty epic film it's great that'll be in our epics season should we talk about this character oh yeah okay so Robert Redford's character in this movie is Martin and Marty Marty I quite liked his character in this I feel Robert Redford plays Robert Redford in a lot of movies I don't know how much of a range he has although he's considered one of the greats as I said and unfortunate that he doesn't have an Oscar I feel he's not he doesn't challenge himself in this role yeah. but I enjoy I enjoy. I think he plays the, the comedy parts actually quite well I think the best thing about, one thing about his character was the fact that like he's he's clearly the suave guy like you know, he's the face or whatever but the face of the A team yeah but he would, he would go in and have the other guys in his ear because he wouldn't quite know what to do because <clears> his, <throat> his skills are more kind of like hacking wise rather than like practical wise where like how do I break into this keypad thing he kicks the door in it <laughs> I did quite like that I thought that was really clever that we both saw that coming though that, that he kicks the door down Oh yeah, I saw the yeah, but no, I. I but then I, after that, where he's like talking to him, he's like, "Oh, what do I do?" <laughs> yeah, I thought that was very clever. It showed that he was he wasn't like it wasn't that he was the the the, the main kind of brains and could yeah, get him. He knows everything, and he didn't know everything. He needed a team, and he was like, "What do I say? Tell me now." Yeah. and he played it very well when they said oh you give blowjobs or something and he was like you give uh, (laughs) you know he kind of stopped himself from saying it the character is a lot in common with the actor in that the character of what's his name Marty Marty. Uh, he was just like very charismatic and I think everybody on the team was really drawn to him and really liked him and that actually is so important more also more they all had little individual skills but he was able to unite them together and I think you could say the same about the actor. He's just a very charismatic actor. So what you're saying is, 
Robert Redford always has someone in his ear when he's acting. I mean, he's a bit, he's kind of like the Brad Pitt slash George Clooney of, of the 70s and 80s in that he was just a very handsome leading actor who was able to command your attention but wasn't able to do the character work that you would see in someone like Ben Kingsley, John Hurt. Mm. Uh, but that's fine. Like, he's a movie star as well as an actor. He's a great movie star. I would agree. Well, listen, I think we have milked this baby dry. Okay, can I just say a couple of things? We normally talk about score. Okay, you can score. Score, I thought was awful. Um, oh, oh, oh no. yeah, it's harsh. Wow. Yeah, no, it was cheesy. I actually thought, I have to say, this movie, I thought when I was watching it first, I was like, this is a TV movie. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was directed particularly well. I didn't think the score was good at all. Um, I thought the script was good, the acting was good, I thought the action scenes were great, and, you know, this is a bit... When you, sorry, when you say you didn't think it was directed well, do you think that the director didn't give the actors the right cues, or...? Because... They had a great charisma with each other, like, you know... No, and I think that was more on the actor's part. I didn't think the movie... Now, this might be just that it was a very early 90s movie. It was so 90s. It was very 90s, and it was very early 90s. And I just, when we were watching it, I felt, this is a movie made for TV. It's not a, you know, a cinema release movie. Ashwin looks devastated. I, I, I disagree with that. Kind of, you can have your own opinion. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I will kill you later. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you want to thought, your thoughts first? No, um, I thought the music was fine. Like it was, it was. They had like a theme going on, and they just played that I every so again. Grand. There, was there wasn't score. like yeah. It was just kind of a. The first thing that I noted down, like sometimes, like when I'm watching these movies, I'm like writing notes on my phone. I'm pausing. What are you on your phone for? But I, the first thing I wrote down was cheesy music because it was like. And I just felt this is like an episode of Murder She Wrote or something. <laughs> I think That's perhaps maybe true. steer away from nineties movies then because they're all like that. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. It doesn't well, I, I actually probably. think at the start I did kind of think, ooh, this is a, this is very dated. But throughout the whole film, I thought throughout the whole all the caper and the heists, I was like, oh, it was just like an average, like not remarkable, but a perfectly adequate yeah, score I think, to. Well, I think it was I, in keeping with what there was yeah, going on with the movie, I, and I yeah. and I think the direction. I thought it was a nice looking film. I just screwed that. I actually think there was even some dare I say it's I don't think there was I don't think there was anything particularly spectacular about the the direction I do think though that my opinion about the score and the the screenplay in that would be different if we were talking about this years ago I I, I feel I feel it it doesn't hold up to I mean to be fair Jurassic Park was three years after this and I know you'd like the score for that Jurassic Park was a, a year one after year this, a year after this so there you go I mean that doesn't sound dated at all well that's true but that was yeah no that's fair enough I feel this was a 
a movie that was trying to be modern but still had this kind of 50s detective yeah like if i was compared to a movie a year later or whenever hackers came out like they had the prodigy in there as yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it was a lot more yeah. upbeat and whatever but I think that fit the, fit, fit the tone yeah, of the yeah. movie whereas I, I did think the score of the movie fit the tone of the movie it was kind of I don't think I didn't, get caper. Any, I didn't get any 50s from it I got 8 I think a lot of the, the, the music and the fashions and the style had a, maybe a hangover from the 80s uh, but and on even the cast like Sidney Poitier and Robert Redford were star- were huge stars in the 80s can I just say one thing on the fashion there was one scene that jumped out at me where Robert Redford went to meet the Russian guy and he's wearing this trench coat and like blue jeans and it's like you're allowed in this opera <laughs> it's like the like surely the standards aren't that bad back then <laughs> that you're wearing a trench coat and blue jeans into an opera like, he was quite scruffy in general yeah I actually think Robert Redford dressed he was a man in his 50s dressing like a man know? in his 20s okay that's uh, I think I have said everything I need to say do you want to say anything else no, I'm good okay let's, I want to say one thing before we wrap up and that is that I am disgusted okay I'm disgusted that Paul was invited onto another podcast. Oh yes, and I wasn't. Sorry, Con. I've said this to you. We were we were both invited, and I just said, "Yeah, that will be me." <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Homework. I had to do homework. I know. I can't do be doing homework. I can't be doing it. No, listen. Paul was invited onto another podcast, a brilliant podcast called The Feckin' Checkin'. Today and he recorded earlier today, so this is Paul's second I'm podcast. I were podcasted out, and I don't know. I went down to the shops and I, I got out of the house, but how did it go, Paul? It went so okay. So so the second check-in is a podcast by two friends of our podcast. Yes, Trainer and Toomey, and we mentioned them before on the podcast, and they they are doing um, a Noah's Ark theme at the moment where they are inviting different podcasters on to their podcast to talk about their own podcast Uh, so I was on today um, and talking about Silver Screamers and I had a great time it was really lovely and yeah I had a great so and I I said to the lads we might have them on in the future I know Fergo uh, Trainer is a big fan of The Rock which I've never seen the Rock with oh, of course I have yeah with Nicolas Cage and yeah. Uh, oh yeah it's yeah. great maybe so I said you know I'd keep them in mind in the future and we might have them on as, as future guests but we will share the link actually to be honest that episode will be out no doubt before this one, <laughs> this one so yeah. it'll be on so, but uh, yes but um, I would recommend if anyone is listening to check that out and you can hear me talking about it but maybe maybe you'll go on in future Connor yeah, well, if I'm invited, hello. You were invited. I told I you this. I wasn't invited. What literally, they messaged our Twitter, being like, "Would one of they literally said would one of you would one of you guys would one of you yes?" And you took it, and I was okay. <laughs> I had to do a little bit of homework. Ashton's like drinking his very good. I'm not getting involved in this, but just I came on to talk about a movie. <laughs> would I had to do like work? And then I, and I knew it was, I was like, let's face it, that's that's my. <laughs> In fairness, Paul said, "Do you want to go on to the feckin' check-in and you have to do some research?" And I was like, "Nah." <laughs> 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 I'm sure they'd love to have you on in the future. Yeah. No, I would like to be on in the future and talk about my own experience of podcasting. There yeah. you go, lads. Future guest. <laughs> I'm just bitter. I'm bitter. He's had a lot of wine. He's going to regret that. He might ask <laughs> me to edit that out tomorrow. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh Jesus, take that out. Jesus. Don't tell them I want to be honest. I don't want to be honest. Uh, anyway, listen. Um, yes. Anyway, that's that. Look, we need to put this film on, on our list. Uh, Connor, have a look at our list there. I'm, I'm going to let you take the lead. I'm not going to necessarily agree with it, but I'm going to let you take the lead. Oh, um, Ashwin. Okay, where would you put this on our list, Ashwin? I think you're asking the wrong person. Okay, no, we want your opinion, Ashwin. This is our list. Well, as I talked about before, I don't agree with most of your list. <laughs> what do you think is number one on our list? What should be number what one? What should be number one on our list? At the moment, it's not Harold No, at the moment, it's Harold and Um, I wouldn't put Widows Ohio, but whatever. You know, interestingly, we did Widows and we loved it and we said everybody should go and watch Widows. We've had a lot of backlash. And when I say a lot, I mean like two people saying that was shit. So, yeah, interesting. Okay, people don't like Widows. All right, fair enough. You're disgusting people because you don't like Widows. I'd probably put it, okay, imagining Widows wasn't there. Okay. I'd probably put it between Muriel's Wedding and Halloween. So you think that Harold and Maude, Oliver, Fiddler on the Roof, Some Like It Hot, and maybe Muriel's Wedding is better than Not necessarily. I wouldn't put most of the things on that list in that order. <laughs> but I, I think it's better than Halloween, and I'd probably... Like, it's, my fa- it's one of my favourite movies, I would say, but I also... Based on your list, what you like, this is where I would put it, not based on my, like, that's based on my opinion. <laughs> I'm going to have to say I'm going to put it a lot lower. That's yeah. fine. Do whatever you, <laughs> you, do it, you do whatever you guys want to do. I don't mind. Can I tell you where my instinct is, Khan? Okay. Uh, my instinct is below Donny and above SEO Trot. I would definitely think it's better than Flatliners. You're next. I have, I have difficulty with your next being lower than Flatliners. Okay, fine. And uh, Dr. Sex. <laughs> Whenever we do this, you always argue what we already established. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Can we change the list? No. You know what? I'm going to say no. It should be better than Sex in the City. Okay. So I'm going to say it should be number 12. I think it might be above Les Mis then. If we're going to say it, I, I, yeah, I think Les Mis is quite high. I think this is better than Les Mis. You think it's better than Les Mis? But you didn't think Sex in the City was better than this. I did, but, but you think this should be down as SEO Trot? Well, I think I, I, I mean we did, have to remember that this list is a kind of a, uh, is a collaboration between us two. Okay, will you say you think after Lemis? Okay, so we're saying number twelve. Yeah, number twelve. Okay, we're slotting at number twelve, Ash. Number twelve. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> kind Again. of an average score. <laughs> I, I'd love at some point to rearrange your list for you, but don't worry about it. <laughs> You love a list, Ash. I do love a list. Sneakers is going number 12 on our list after Les Miserables. So, as for next week, which was our final heist film, uh, which I think... Did we pick a heist or did Ashwin suggest heist? Because heist is one of your favourite movies. I picked heist. No, I didn't pick it. I just like... No, heist isn't one of my favourite. I just like heist movies. It's one of your favourite heist or favourite genres of movies. Absolutely not. No, I just like I just happen to like a lot of heist movies. All right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I like movies. Okay, so that's uh, where we are. So, Connor, what is your next heist film? And I can't be from. It has to be earlier than the nineties, because we've done a nineties, we've done yes. noughties, and we've done a teens. So I'm going to stick with my choice of official Wanda. 
because actually I don't think I've ever seen it I think I've seen bits of it but I don't think I've actually seen it oh okay you'll, you'll like it you, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay I'm going to pick that's from the 80s I believe 1988 I think I'm going to pick the Thomas Crown Affair the original not the remake uh, with Faye Dunaway and Stephen Queen which is 1968 let's so, see do you want to be, do you okay I'll be heads I'll be tails <laughs> oh my god, it's heads! I get my fish called Wanda! Ooh! Can't wait for it. Have you seen that film? I've seen it, but I want to watch it again, so I'll watch it again before your podcast. And it has John Cleese. John Cleese and Kevin Klein. I love Kevin Klein. What happened to Kevin Klein? I don't know, he kind of faded into the distance. Is he still alive? Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. Sorry, Not that <laughs> Sorry, Kevin Klein. Anyway, well, I thought it might be like Patrick Swayze, you know, where he died. Don't uh, yeah, one of those people who've died. Well, like Patrick Swayze. One of them people that were like famous in the ages and then just like disappeared. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> listen, Ashton. <laughs> he died tragically. Ashton, thank you so much for being on Silver Screen. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. Did I you enjoy it? Yeah, I, I can't wait this. to do it again in martial okay. arts movies. Okay, martial arts movies. You, you were so great. By the back. And Ashwin said to us earlier that he might have his own podcast at some point or YouTube video. We don't know yet, but he is thinking about his own content. So we will link to that when it happens. Oh, thank you. (laughs) We'll see. Ashwin, it's been a pleasure. And Paul, it's been a pleasure. And you've been listening to Screamers. Tell the folks all of our handles there, Con. Oh, I have my thing to do. Okay. That's my thing. This is your thing. Okay. So you've been listening to Silver Screamers, so you can uh, catch us on our website, www.silver-screamers.com. Paul said that wrong in the feckin' check-in podcast, I would just like to say. Bye. You can also follow us on uh, Twitter, at Silver Screamers, email silverscreamers.gmail.com, website, I have said already, but that is on my list here that I'm reading, so uh, silver-screamers.com, Facebook, Silver Screamers Podcast, Instagram, Silver Screamers Podcast, and you can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and on the Apple Podcast app on your Apple iPhone. So follow us, like us, comment on us. Ashwin, we've been saying to this for months, you need to give us a comment, come on, it gives us points, we need to be up there. <laughs> we need points. We need, we points. need podcast points. We need to, you know, my dream is to be just talking this shite and then just earning millions like those people on YouTube doing Minecraft earning millions and I can't do it, Ashwin, if you don't just give us the comments. We need points. <laughs> I'm going to send all my friends your way. Thank Great. you, Ashwin. Thank you. <laughs> we need some points. <laughs> like that that's a thing we're going to say from there well we need podcast points podcast points come on alright until next time until next time I've been Connor and I've been Paul and I've been Ashwin and thanks for listening guys see you later morning
but he's like but Rapper's like which is like to kind of like and then they're like and he's like if you learn like did you hear like people were like they were kind of like he was like they were like he was like I feel like I really like this movie 